here with Max Gorn. It looks like his teammate there, Viney, has just fallen across his knee there. Twisted his knee a little bit. Have a look at Viney as he falls over. Accidental, but Brayshaw. Wow. 20 touches for Brayshaw. Oh, no. Hello and welcome to Attention to Detail, the podcast for these fans, by these fans, as we hold on for dear life aboard the roller coaster ride that is broken for the Melbourne Football Club. This episode is proudly brought to you by our sponsors, Hop End Brewing and Valley Electrical Group. My name is Tim, and I am joined each and every week by my co-host Simo, mate. How are we feeling? Strange, strange circumstances on Friday night. Disappointing result overall, but uh, yeah. What, what would you make of, well, interesting round of footy in general, but um, how are you anyway? Let's We'll talk about Jason, man. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm pretty I'm pretty knackered, actually. I uh, first of one or first of four major events over the next two weeks. So um, for those of you that don't know, being a PE teacher and running events, so I had one athletics day but working two schools. So silly me, pretty busy guy, but um, yeah, just smashing them out. And two more weeks and then we've got holidays and yeah, we can launch into... Yeah, a bit more. Yeah, that holiday feeling as teachers, it's it's a pretty awesome feeling. But um, yeah, you don't really think about it until you're there. So, um, but no, talking about D's, yeah, it was an interesting game. I feel like we, to be honest, we should have probably lost by more. Oh, well, definitely lost by more. Brisbane had our measure all night. Um, you know, it took a blackout for us to turn on, um, which was you know pretty interesting. Is that that little little light? A glimmer of hope um, that was burning in those light towers was, you know, our chance to win. And you know what? We almost made a, you know, we, we made a pretty decent crack of it. And good old Fags was uh, having a bit of a sook because we went out five minutes before them and saying it's unfair and all that crap. And hopefully we can bounce back this week because it's another team that we owe, isn't it? It is. It is. That's right. It's uh, yeah, another huge test. And and unfortunately, I think probably one of the biggest, uh, the biggest headline to come out of Friday night is will be. Taking on not only Sydney but the uh, the next five contests without our our main man, our skipper Max Gorn, and and thankfully I guess with such an unfortunate incident that it wasn't something worse. But with Maxi then going down with a MCL sprain when Viney fell into his knee, and it's yeah, it sparked well, it sparked a few headlines over the course of the weekend, and not all for the right reasons as well too. Yeah, well, I just heard an interview with Gorney um, from Three Sixty, and he was saying that. You know, the, I think it might have been the second or the first time he did his his knee. They said he didn't, um, yeah, and then the yeah. scans revealed that it actually did. So, you know, he was you know he was under he was unsure you know what it could have come from. And I suppose you look at that that feeling of him looking at the you know, the camera angle showing him just lying on the ground um, or sitting sitting on the ground. You know, not sure what to really think, and you know it's a hard one because a lot of people were calling him soft and stuff. And I was like, oh, it's pretty rough. I think Grant Thomas might have been the person. Oh, um, he, he did you see his tweet? Head, but anyway. Did you see his tweet on Twitter? I hadn't, but I heard that he's yeah, he had something to say. But um oh, yeah. yeah, I mean I mean you look to see our response post that and you think, you know, by having Maxi out there quicker, and I think a lot of the players kind of took what he was feeling and continued to play that way. I don't know, we just we just went ourselves and I think, you know, wouldn't say it's a well, it's kind of like a wake up call to agree. I mean, Brisbane are a good side. They, you know, I mean, they, they had a mare against Port Adelaide and they need to rectify. And you know, they certainly come out firing. And you know, your mate Zorko was was one to get under our skin a little bit. In particular, yours. It's one of those things where we've still got players to come back. We've got players to regain their fitness. You know, if we have a small hiccup now, it's not having Cozzy as well for another week. And yeah, Gorney going down now. It's it makes for a little bit of reshuffling, knowing the significance of those two players. So, yeah, it's a bit tough with Maxi. It is. And I think probably one of the clearest things, though, maybe re-watching a bit of the vision and thinking about the whole game as it unfolded, I think the lack of on-field leadership was kind of pretty present in that. And, like, the inability for some of those players to kind of regroup themselves after that. And it is. It'd be incredibly disheartening and watching your leader go down. That Brisbane had everything to play for, as you mentioned. Like, they were coming off a horrific loss. They copped an absolute flogging in the media last week about when are they going to stand up to their expectations because they've got lofty expectations as well too. They've got a, they've got a good list and they were playing at home. I know Goody sort of talked in the press conference as well. Staying relatively 
positive, which was maybe a little bit not concerning, but I, I probably would have liked him to to sort of maybe address some of those uh, shortcomings that was pretty evident on Friday night. The best part about this is hopefully that we can take in that we were missing a lot of our key players, but also it's not panic stations yet. Let's just uh, let's just reset, forget, and hopefully bring our stronger side on Sunday afternoon in what's going to be another really strong outfit in Sydney. Probably, yeah, it would be good to touch on this blackout because I was at the phone to at the time. <laughs> and like, we were like, what the hell just happened? Like, we, it's something you would never really see, but it's happened before. I think there was a bit of smoke. It was a Colonial Stadium or Waverley Park. Uh, you might be able to help me with this one, but um, oh. <laughs> it was such it was such a weird and bizarre circumstance. Like my a guy I used to train with um, at Body Fit. He was directly um, well, he was top tier, and he heard the big bang and it scared the shit out of him. Um, when the I think it might have been a fuse might have blown potentially in it. Yeah, just spun the all the light towers and knocked them all out. Um, so so bizarre, but it, yeah, we ignited our fire really because yeah, we we're very very dull for the game, weren't we? Well, let's try and find some positives in our next segment. Credit to the boys. It's back. It's back. It's back. <laughs> back into the game. So um, it's real credit to the boys. Um, I think it was on uh, all of us to step up and, and you know, really lead from the front, and I thought we did that all day. So we want to play our way. Just go after the boys. All right, Sim. Well, disappointing result, but let's try and uh, let's try and do a goodie here and find find all the positives that we can out of a loss. First, first shining light for you, mate. Uh, it has to be Rick Lever. I think he's been super the you know the first few, two weeks. I think he's definitely back into his more. He's probably more clean, and his ball use is really shone for me. And I think he's definitely back to his all Australian best. But which is only going to strengthen when Stephen Mays back in that side and his intercept game. Yeah, I think it's just the biggest thing too. Yeah, his intercept game, ball use, and his ability to drop off and intercept and be clean is what's uh, yeah a real credit to him. Oh, it absolutely is. He's been he's been an absolute star down there, especially within the absence of Mays as well too. And we know how vocal he is down there, and he's such a formidable part of of that key backline that we have down there. That's that's super strong. Uh, we're still missing couple of key backs in there in, in May and Salem as well too but he, he was pretty close to best on on Friday night for the days and in what was a loss there but again his his leadership and his ability to be able to read the ball as well too not that it was a game that was probably so much um, pronounced for intercept marking but he was still managed to win himself I think it was at 13 intercept possessions in the end as well too with without the 20 odd touches so no look he's had two really strong games to start the season. It's probably as strongest as he's had a start that since he's arrived at the club, I would think. Yeah, well, you look you look back at 2021, you think how good Rick Lever's intercept game was. He led the competition in intercept marks. You know, he's getting back to that sort of caliber player. And, you know, if that can continue, I mean, amazing. I mean, he had a few injury setbacks last year pre-season, which hampered his year a little bit. And, yeah, he was a little bit fumbly last year. But, yeah, this year is definitely... Showcasing um, stronger level of play, and so is um, the next guy we're going to talk about is Benny Brown. He's second in the Coleman. He's kicked eight goals in two weeks. He's starting to develop, you know, can some, some more consistency in his game. And not only that, he's he's getting his hands on the footy more. He's you know he's up around you know the mid teens for possessions, which is unheard of for Benny Brown for what we've known for the two years he's been at the D's. Um, we normally probably only average you know a goal and a half, maybe eight disposals a game. But yeah, to be averaging around the 14, 15 and four goals, like that's, you know, he's in his, he's in his back, getting back to his kind of like prime level footy when he was playing at North. So, you know, if that can continue, that's, um, yeah, it can only be a positive for us. Yeah, he has been. And probably, probably surprisingly for maybe, maybe a couple of D's fans, but especially me, who, who probably earmarked him potentially be in trouble at the halfway point or if not earlier this year. But, you're right. I think him being the fittest that he's been probably since he's been at the club has yeah has clearly led to his on-field success so far. And I think yeah we're starting to see him more around the ground. We've seen him in the back line, <laughs> taking marks and defence and and getting rid of the ball out there. So I think it's just good on him. He's uh he's probably proven the doubters wrong, including me and and second in the Coleman, and had a, <laughs> some of those goals. I tell you what, on Friday night 
Like that's it, snap. Oh, that on the run snap. Yeah. Is just the bounce. The bounce. He had the perfect bounce straight through. And yeah, no, good on him. Yeah, no, let's let's hope it keeps up. Big Benny. It's probably good to touch on is having Viney and Fritter back. Um, obviously premiership players and you know, very important cogs, you know, Viney bringing that mongrel bass and Fritter just bobbing up. I mean, he's a 50, 50 goal um a year player last year. Um, and I think sixty in our premiership year. So he's you know, he's one that really gets under the radar. Kicked a very underrated three goals, you know, bobbed up at the right times. On Friday night, um, so you know, getting the run back into those boys. I mean, Viney with his knee and Frida with with his foot, I believe. Foot. You know, so seeing those guys back on the park, it's only a positive for us. And you know, hopefully May, you know, hopefully we can get those guys fit and firing. You know, probably Salem when you know when Gawney's back, and you know, if we get all the bands to get all the band back together, it'd be good to see. Hardly call Bailey Fish underrated. He kicked six goals in the grand final. You think about the absence of Pickett as well too, as you said there. So like having having that extra depth up forward and being able to get a source of goals from from a variety of players as well. That's where those multiple multiple goals from from our forwards like that are so crucial on a, on a night where and we weren't able to really get much of a chance to hit the scoreboard. So definitely good to have him back in there as well too. Clary, have we talked about him yet? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, is it is a hard one because he's a credit to him, but also pretty pissed off about him. So. You know, looking at the positives for him, though, his post-blackout style play and dare and use was much more evident than opposed to prior. Um, you know, he just constantly turned the footy over, blazing away, back to the old Clary, which we didn't want to see. Um, but, yeah, his ball use and his, he was so much more damaging in that period of time. I don't know if it was a bit of probably structure forward of the footy as well, but us also winning clearance which we'll touch on soon. Yeah, it makes the Clary's kicks to actually make more sense. Do you know, he's probably just firing the shot at the wrong time, especially a lot on Friday night. Both of him, actually, it was probably someone good to share with this too, is Gussie Brayshaw. He was pretty ordinary for that period of time. Like, like Clary, just a lot of turnovers. But then I thought those two really propelled the ball forward um, with a lot of purpose and um, they yeah, put the lines under a lot of pressure. Yeah, we know with Clary that at times he can be taken out of the game. It was great to see that I think in the second half, at least, he can kind of work his way back into the game. Yeah, maybe not his most explosive self, but finding a way to sort of impact the game. And, I mean, our leading ball winner, I think the the really telling stat has got to be, and I know you talked about the turnovers, but, I mean, to get nearly 800 metres gained as well too, even though it wasn't entirely effective, but you could just tell he was doing anything to try and move the ball forward as much as it was blazing away, but you touched on earlier as well too, just his form straight after the blackout as well. And, and he was yeah trying to uh, move the ball forward quickly and with pace because that was the only way that we looked dangerous really on Friday night. It's, it's a hard one because I'm sort of up in the air. I know you've, you've wanted to talk about Grundy, but the hard thing with, well, the good thing is he's getting more match fitness and obviously his time on ground, you know, is different with Gorney around. But I do think by him being at Coalface that bit longer, I mean, knowing that he does need to have the five, six weeks as the main sole Ruckman, it's, um yeah, hopefully a good segue to him getting back to, you know, even if it's just, you know, a margin, even half of his, oh, actually, let's, let's, let's go a bit bigger here, but 75% of his All-Australian year. Um, you know, if we can get that and we can capture his 15 disposals, you know, your 30 hit-outs, like, I'll be pretty happy with that. Yeah, hopefully it's a nice springboard. He's got, you know, hopefully getting some continuity in his body and hopefully that continues to grow with Max out because obviously it's a bit of a weird one. I mean, luckily we did pick him up. Otherwise, we'd be in an absolute hole right now. He's certainly worked his way into the game and yeah, he's been with somebody that's probably building, missed a lot of football over the last sort of 12, 15 months with his injuries at Collingwood and yeah, we're now going to see him thrust into the limelight really as our number one ruckman. Like he would have understood that that would be a possibility that could happen with him coming to the club, but probably yeah didn't see it coming maybe so quickly as well too. So I think it gives him a bit of a chance to build some more chemistry with our midfielders as well too and being able to see him hopefully build up a bit more strength. I mean, Oscar McInerney at times on Friday night just manhandled him as well too in the ruck contest. I mean, Oscar's a big boy. He's a, he's a mate of my brother's, and um, my brother was actually out of bucks with him a few weeks ago, and he just said, you know, went to school with him, and he just said it's the biggest thing. He was always tall, but just like literally, man, mountain, how big and strong he is is, is insane. And you could see that the way that not only disposed of 
Tom McDonald, which was, you know, always going to happen. But then to Brody Grundy as well too. But no, I think this will be this will be a great test for for Brody. It'll be interesting to see what the D's do in the non-Brody minutes in the centre. But no, it gives him every chance to hopefully build build a bit of rapport with our star-studded midfield, and hopefully we can get some ascendancy back on the on the centre clearances and, and win the ball out of the middle. Pretty, I'm pretty pissed. I'm pretty pissed off still. Um, it's not good enough. That's very unlike the way we've been playing, and something that we'll obviously review and get better at. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not good enough today. Um, this team, this club's got to start winning games. All right, mate. Well, lots of things not to love about Friday night. The maxing it has to start off. We've we've talked about it a lot already tonight, but. Yeah, the impact that this is going to have going forward, it is worrying given his stature as the the best ruckman in the competition really, but his ability to be able to impact all areas of the game. And, and we've seen now already after one game against a high quality opposition, what it can do without him. And, and Melbourne's going to have to do a lot of restructuring and shuffling around to try and cater for him because as much as Grundy as we were just pumping him up before, he's not the same player as Max and especially the overhead marking we're going to miss, that intercept, that ability to be able to float back, um, his forward presence, which hopefully uh, a silver lining for that might lead to an exciting debut this weekend. I'm sure we'll talk about that more, but yeah, I think how we cater for the absence of Max is going to be interesting and yeah, it, it sucked. It was, it, was, uh, it was certainly something that, yeah, we all, we all felt for him at the time. And you talked about it before the way that he spoke today or yesterday with the press conference about reach. But I think in his mind, thinking that if he had done that third knee, like being at the age that he is of 31, where does that leave him in terms of coming back, missing the entire season, coming back at 32? Um, yeah, like such a such an important player, but also such a huge uh, character in the AFL and. Uh, for the Melbourne Football Club, yeah, it was a um, huge blow, huge blow. But luckily, luckily, not as bad as what it could have been. Like our rucks got absolutely manhandled without Gorney in there. You know, even even Grundy was getting tossed aside. Uh, but Tom McDonald as a backup ruckman was just not not what I was wanting. I mean, he was he, he, disgusting. It's probably one way of putting it, and it's. I'm just hoping that we're bringing in someone that can compete. I mean, you look at what Sam Wiedemann had to do times uh, in the past and you think, you know, who's going to be that person? And, like, I hope it's, you know, we can you know, we can unveil it, someone that we can show a new face um, because of all you look at Chucky, but we'll, we'll touch on that later. Um, yeah, I don't know how, how that's going to look, but... It's so funny to know because we've been talking about, you know, how's Grundy and Gorn going to look? But now it's like, how's Grundy going to look? You know, I think it's a good chance for him to, to get to know, you know, Amid's a bit more and, you know, do that extra work because when Max does get back, you know, that can relinquish or we can deploy Gorny in, you know, other different ways as opposed to always being in the centre square or in particular the centre bounces. All right. Well, that's that's enough about that. Plain and simple. The game was, was won and lost in in the middle and around the ground in stoppages and clearances. I mean, minus 28 in clearances over the course of the game is just, it's an absolute hiding. Yes, we're missing our Ruckman, but also with our star-studded midfield as well too, we're always going to be on playing on the back foot at that point. You know, the Lions had the first chance at, at every centre bounce almost, you know, around the stoppages, being able to capitalise and kick five goals from the stoppage clearances, you know, 40 to 22 vantage. Like, that's, that's just insane. It doesn't give our defense really any chance to set up. And we looked pretty easy to score against at times. And that third quarter as well kind of just really opened it up there. But it's a little bit alarming. I think our midfield is too good for that to happen again. But I think you've got to take away some learnings from that. You've got to look at the vision and you've got to say, right, how, how did this happen? Without, with or without Max, and what are they going to do to fix it? I think they just wanted to put him more Brisbane just by looking at it and just, I don't know, there's there's much more cleaner than what we were with Fumbly. Uh, Amids were a bit off, in particular, someone I want to touch on very soon. Yeah, I mean, a plan going ahead, which would be nice. It's been a little bit of an issue 
you know, costs, especially like the around the ground stoppage. Center clearance has been okay, but um, yeah, around the ground clearance, I feel like just other teams are over on this, which is you know bizarre considering the cattle we have to go through there. So you're thinking, what's going on? You know, what's what's Uze going to go for? But I was touching, I was talking about this before, but. You look at how much value we get out of our center bounce clearances. We'd have to be the number, well, if not the you know, top two or three teams in the league for impact from uh, direct from center bounce clearances of how. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen what we can do from it. And like, yeah, you know, we we hope that that can change. We can actually get some some going, you know, around the ground. Like, what's going to be the best thing moving forward? I mean, we don't know. I suppose probably just hunting the ball a bit more, but also you know probably our spacing. Um, and we're back into each other in is probably one thing. Yeah, who knows exactly how it's going to look. I mean, I look back on five goals from forward stoppages. I mean, you think, especially there was one earlier with Rivers. He was um, with Bailey, I think it was. Um, and Bailey just ran straight past him. And you think, you know, what's this going to tail? I mean, that was the first goal, wasn't it? Was it? it? was. That was the first was. goal. And you know, I was actually watching, I was like, fuck, Zach Bailey's going to be a space here. And Trent Rivers was just trying to be a new owner. He was at the footy at the time. Yeah, you know, no man's land, really. So that was just, you know, probably a mindset thing. But yeah, hopefully, you know, obviously it's going to be a main, you know, train. You see an area which you've had a, a mirroring. You look what Brisbane did as a collective. They had areas where they got spanked in. They turned around and had a huge backflip. So hopefully we can do the same um, and bring on Sydney. Yeah, I mean, the lead up and all that, these two teams don't really love each other at all. And, as you mentioned there, it's like two two weeks in a row that we're playing against teams that have uh, beaten us in a final, especially, you know, so so recently as well too. But it's, yeah, I think that, that little bit hurt and I'm sure I was on the phone to you for probably half the match on Friday night after after a couple of Negronis and, um, yeah, wasn't, wasn't very impressed about how much of the ball he was getting. But they did. They just looked super clean around the stoppage. I think the addition of Dunkley as well too. And, look, I haven't checked on his complete stats as well. It was very he, – he went – like, the work he did was almost probably unsighted unless you're really, really honing in. But his quick hands in tight killed us. Oh, and and guess what? The streak continues. Now, I've brought this up before numerous times. The streak continues of players to earn a Rising Star nomination against oh. the Ds continues with Will Ashcroft – <laughs> 31 touches earning oh, free kicks good. like he was Joel Selwood playing his second game of freaking AFL football for high contact uh, yeah he he, look, he looks like a good kid he's going to be a good player for a long time but yeah <laughs> I, I promise fair. you there's, I there's, feel uh, like I feel like you've gone hard I reckon there's worse players I thought I thought Zach Bailey was worse than what Will Ashcroft oh no I just I he just was playing for a free kick every time but he touched the footy but anyway yeah. Player I need to touch on, and player I need to get off my chest, who absolutely did my head in on Friday night, and sorry, Melbourne fans, but James Harms, get the fuck in the twos. That's one, just just get the twos. You, I don't think you did a thing that was good. I genuinely don't think there was a thing that you did good, and I mean, I hate to bad mouth the player so much, but either in the twos or even give him a wake-up call, put him as a sub or something, Worst case scenario, oh, best case scenario, sorry, for him. Put him as a sub. Bring in a player like James Jordan, who's on the fringe, who's going to give you, you know, 110%. But Harms looked like he was going at 40%. He fumbled everything. I reckon every time he touched the footy, he turned it over. Um, every time he tried to kick the footy, he kicked it into hands. He was just an absolute nightmare to watch. And I look like, I think you're trying to find stats here for me because he was dog shit. Oh well, I, I am trying to. I'm finding stats. So he finished finished the game with ten ten touches, three kicks, seven handballs, couple of tackles, seventy uh, percent efficiency. Now I ask ask you this though, like a goal assist, a couple of score involvements. I ask you this though, and this is something that's plagued his career for the last few years. Given that he thrived so much when Jack Viney was not in the side due to injury, and then having sort of that permanent position in the midfield where you know you had the high, you had the highlight years of his career have been when he was tagging and winning 25 possessions and kicking a couple of goals he's would you not agree that he doesn't have quite a position at the moment and I know they're in a little bit of a stage where it's kind of 
slightly positionless where they're trying to be flexible with about how they put their players around. But would you would you entertain the fact that he would feel that his role isn't very clear at the club right now? To a degree, but it, it, he still had a decent amount of CBAs, which is sent amount of attendances, if people weren't catching on there. Oh, I didn't know what that meant, so thank you. There you go. <laughs> lucky I cleared it up. Um, but he still had his fair share, but he genuinely was a witch's hat. Mm. Like, I don't know what he was doing in there. Um, no. He just looked lost. And I'm not um, arguing I'm not arguing the point that he had a poor game. I think, you know, it's only been probably, what, a couple of years ago that he spent a fair bit of time on the terrace as well, too. He had a fair bit of time. Was it last year? I can't remember. He, he, no, he spent... played mostly. He played mostly in the seniors. But um, well, he's going to get a wake-up call. It's as simple as that. They need to, they need to shove a rocket up at him because he, his best footy is definitely a huge asset and he's definitely a best 22 player um, for us. And then, you know, he can if he can actually get in there and actually become a value player in there, that'd be awesome. I know that was times we went half back, but yes, Um those times as a tagger, like oh, he had, he had some ripper games. I remember when he played on the blocky deal and stuff. He, you know, he'd shut him down and still, yeah, like you're saying, winning the footy, kicking goals, like yeah. you know, kind of what Jared Berry um, did to Clary last year um, in that semi final. But he's that type of player. Where he, I don't know. You, you, you could be right there. You know, what's his actual role in the club? Like, I mean, we've got Tommy Sparrow, which is kind of does the same thing, but I feel like, well, Tommy Sparrow is actually pretty good. Um, compared to him, but you know, what, what are we going to get from Harms? You know, what is he going to be someone that's actually helping the side or not? Because I don't know, I feel like he's definitely a player we can use as a sub at the moment who can come in and inject and do the same thing what Melksham did, really. Yeah, not if that you, did anything, but yeah. If you look at the lineups, like he for the start of Friday night's game, he's in the followers, so he's starting at the center, uh, but then his possessions mainly revolve around the defensive 50 mark. So, again, like, you know, he's been experimented with by playing off half-back a little bit, which hasn't quite worked as well too. But, yeah, I don't know. I, you're right. I get a player in who's, who's doing well in the twos and you've, you've just got to, I think James Jordan's probably the perfect fit for somebody to slot in there. I think Laurie's game in, in the twos wasn't wasn't as strong as, as Jordan's and he's the logical replacement for, for him, so I wouldn't be surprised. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the selection committee are listening to you, mate. Tim, round two, the Hop End Delightful Display Player of the Year Award. Now, again, for listeners, it's the player judged by us who had um, a big impact on the game. And, you know, we, we go through our three to ones. It's not always the best player. Probably someone that, you know, a lot of the time, based on the you know, underrated nature of the award, I feel like if, if it's someone that we've, you know, someone's been a bit down and we you know, try and want to pick him up, you know, it's a way we can give votes to as well. Um, but it's, it's ours, so um, yeah, it's not always the best three, two, ones. Um, my one vote goes to Clary. I feel like he rectified his game really well, really strong. He also helped my super coach team as vice captain. Um, and I ended up taking score as captain in the end. Um, but yeah, his game post blackout was outrageously good. <laughs> nice one. Uh, my one vote goes to also Clayton Oliver as well, so can't really add too much more to that. I think. His ability to, yeah, kind of shake off the tag at least at the start and, and, and really get us into gear after the blackout, that was all on him. And, yeah, you have to give credit to him to, to not sort of give up and, and crack the shits and, and sort of, yeah, try and do anything to get the team back into the game. So, no, definitely well reserved there for sure. Fantastic. Um, my two votes goes to Benny Brown. I feel like he's, you know, someone that's, you know, we're talking about a lot about his consistency so far this year and, yeah, I feel like he deserves the raps and what he's doing. And, you know, I think, you know, the new haircut's really suiting him at the moment. It's, you know, it's helping him play some good footy. And, yeah, hopefully his body still holds up for him. He seems, or still keeps playing some uh, strong footy. Fuck, I reckon we, we could be on for identical votes. Could be yeah. on for, yeah. We could be yeah. on for identical votes, yeah, because I've got, I've got the big man as well. So, you know, what? I'm going to give it to him a bit for a different reason. 
I just the passion that he plays with, and I love his goal celebrations. That like he's so happy and so genuine. I think you can't not get excited and get pumped up when he kicks a goal. Like especially in that little fight back period in that in the fourth quarter, you definitely feel it. Like I don't know, I, I love watching him celebrate, and he he loves the club and he loves the boys, and yeah, just a real genuine human being who you, you're really happy for, who's in strong form. So no, can't can't argue with that. I just love when we. We message each other with the clock tower when he kicks a goal. <laughs> the big Ben. Oh. Oh. Uh, it's unreal. It is. Um, I'm assuming our last one's going to be the same. And, you know, we touched on him a lot here in this this potty. Uh, Jake Lever, I just think, you know, he's our rock down there. And I can't wait for him to have Stephen May back and, you know, see them operating together. And, you know, it'll probably take May a week or two just to, you know, get himself back right. Because obviously missing the first two weeks, um, you know, you still need to get back into it and um, you know, get his confidence back in his hamstring, I believe, or Monty Carr. But I think it's Monty Hamstring. You might be able to help me out there. Um, but yeah, yeah, Rick Flavor was outrageous and yeah, he's definitely probably our best player. Easy, easy. And yeah, no surprises here. But no, yeah, Maisie's injury is his calf. I'm sure it could be hamstring related, but yeah, it is his calf. Uh, but no, I think. Levo is just, again, I think without him, our back line would be in serious strife uh, right now. He's, he's holding it all together and he's, he's really forming a cohesive unit with the faces that he's got down back there, especially with uh, a youngster and Juddy McVeigh as well too. So, no, nah, well done to Rick. And, uh, yeah, takes out takes out all the chocolates for uh, for our round this week. So That's a, that's a um, award first. We've gone 3-2-1, there's well, the same. Is it though? I reckon we've done it before. I reckon. Yeah. I think it's the first time. But I've stuffed up the spreadsheet, so there you go. I'll have to go and fix that. But um, anyway. <laughs> I think Ben Brown's leading it. That's He's not? Oh, oh Rick Lever, nah, maybe. Rick Lever. Rick Lever and then Ben Brown's second, I think. No, not even. So Rick Lever is leading on eight. And you've got Cozzy coming in second on six from round one. And then Ben Brown is coming in third on five. So... Yeah, so no, not far behind, and and with Cos to miss another game as well too, I'm sure. If Brownie kicks another bag against the Swannies, he'll be up there again, no doubt. People only commenting on what they see, um, but internally, it's Fagazi. Do your best, uh, Matthew McConaughey impression from the <laughs> No, I can't. But it's uh, it's goes something like Fagazi, it's Woozy, it's Wazzy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sim, time to hear from our loyal attention to detail, faithful listeners. They're talking points about Friday night's disappointing blackout loss to the Lions. First one we got coming in on Twitter from Possum Dingo, who says, Oliver's career-high 12 turnovers. Uh, yeah, huge talking point. Average 5.2 a game last year, so currently leading the league in turnovers at 18. Won't be a Brownlow year if he keeps this up. And yeah, kind of echoes what you were talking about before mate blazing away and there i was praising <laughs> praising him for having 800 gained. meters gained and, and bloody it's just coming straight back so yeah no no that's a fair point as well too and hopefully you can sharpen that up yeah 100 uh next one comes in from colin robinson uh lots of key players losing max so early the conditions and the fight up brisbane played our part uh pa- no panic stations just move into sydney yeah 100 i think that's probably the best way we go about it. And obviously, you know, seeing, seeing how Grundy fares again with, you know, whoever it be is, is his backup is going to be really important. Um, you know, Sydney don't have a huge ruck stock. So, you know, we might even go with that, you know, that real second ruck look, um, which, I mean, obviously we have to, but more so, I mean, I'm oh, kind of hoping that Tom McDonald's not back in there. But, um, yeah, I'd love to see. And um, our man who hasn't played a game yet be the one to uh, to fill the void as that backup ruckman after losing Max. Just quickly on that as well, was it interesting to hear Goody reference the the ground and the cricket pitch, like playing on the pitch? Oh, it was tough. And, uh, it was hard. Mm. Yeah. So like, and the conditions were like quite slippery and quite dewy up there. I mean, given given where it was played, it wasn't making excuses. But um, yeah, probably the first time I've heard him saying, you know, we don't we don't play normally on a on a pitch, uh, so been one of those things where the conditions might not have been to what the D's would have liked, but it's it's not an excuse when you know that you're heading up there and you're playing Brisbane on their home deck. It's um yeah, 
Nah, interesting as well too. Conditions has just got to be wherever you're playing. That's that's the game. The four points are still four points at the end of the day. Uh, last one comes in from Perrin Brown saying, Max should have found the switch for those lights a few minutes earlier as we had 15 minutes to play after that break uh, instead of 12. I'd say we would have caught them and won by a point or two, but a win from that just would have been wallpaper over a number of issues that need fixing moving into next round. And Yeah, it's countless memes <laughs> floating around on uh, Saturday of Maxi climbing up the light towers or you know, snipping the wires there as well too. It would have been, yeah, it would have been a win win for the ages in that sense. Uh, akin to maybe a little bit of last year when we were kind of just doing enough to like to win the game, it would have been insane. But yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty funny point in that in in that regard. Now, what's your thoughts? You reckon we would have had enough gusto? It was, it was the extra five minute warm up. Was that the difference? <laughs> oh, no, thanks. We're talking about it that much, but I just think we just played with dare and. You know, hopefully we do that against a very defensive side. The Swans, I mean, they looked very good against Hawthorne, so hopefully we can um, yeah, put some speed on the ball and put their defence under pressure. Just listen to your last sentence there. They looked very good against Hawthorne. I think anybody at this stage of of the season would look very good against Hawthorne at the moment. Would you not agree? <laughs> uh, that's fair. I mean, they were pretty ordinary. But, uh, yeah, the Essendon looked good against them, so... Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, tough one, but yeah, let's let's launch into the next thing, which is my my show. So, all right, let's get there. Uh, we're, we're pleased with where we sit. We understand there's going to be some hype around how we're playing, but we also want to just take it, you know, one week at a time. And coaches say that a lot, and, and people, and it's just the reality. You can't look too far ahead. All right, mate, one week at a time, and it's Redemption Week. It's uh, coming up against the Swans in uh, the Reach Round, which is obviously to commemorate um, all the amazing work that Jimmy Steins did and you know, marking you know, the 11-year anniversary of you know, the late, great Jim. Um, you know, it's pretty significant too, being you know, that was his jumper number and you know, coinciding with 11 years. So, yeah, hopefully we can put in a good showing and... Um, I'm sure the boys will be up for the fight against the Swannies on Sunday. Yeah, lots to sort of go through with this one. And, yeah, well, I think the biggest thing is obviously us rectifying, you know, the problems we had last week. And that's, you know, obviously a clearance game. And, you know, for us to kick a winning score and for us to be able to put the speed on the ball, we, you know, we've got to win at the call face. And, you know, obviously we've got the cattle to do so. It's just a matter of if we do it. They're sitting on top of the ladder currently with uh, 232% <laughs> percentage points, which is absolutely insane. But... Despite the game that they played in the grand final, they are a very, very strong side uh, with some extremely talented mixture of young and older players as well too. So again, you probably look at the the teams that they've played against so far, and I was giving you shit about before. So you look at Hawthorne beating them by 81, and then in round one playing Gold Coast. So they might not have been tested yet this season, purely. They've had some considerable margins against both of those sides which shows that they're you know they're well above the mark in terms of where they need to be the center game is going to is going to be huge tom hickey playing yeah i'm no. guessing that's no nah. nah, i mean peter laddams laddams yeah don't like him so well in that sense like hickey was always probably you know gorn talks about hickey as being one of these hardest toughest opponents to play against just pure yeah, physicality yeah and um so I guess not having Max, but then then not having Hickey as well too. Hopefully, Laddams was always a bit of a, a bit of a second pinch hit rock for Port, and has been struggling to find a spot in the side for Sydney. So I guess vacant. Did Hickey retire? Have I missed that? No, no, he's just injured. He's injured. So I think Hickey's injured for the first four <laughs> or five weeks. But they've, um, got, but they've also yeah, got Laddams. I'll couple. say here, Laddams and McLean. Well, McLean's their backup ruckman. So. Um, yeah, whoever we run with, if we run with, I won't give away too many spoilers. You probably already worked that out. But um, if we roll with Tom McDonald in the ruck again, I still reckon you'll get done by McLean. I mean, McLean's a pretty strong guy, actually. Um, but yeah, Laddams is a bit clumsy, but we could probably even the contest, even with Laddams against Tom McDonald, surprisingly. Um, Laddams are probably around the ground, he's a bit stronger in the air. Um, but yeah, hopefully we get some. Um, some dominance from Grundy and, you know, especially at ground level, I think you can, you know, definitely get on the front foot in terms of being that extra midfielder against your Laddams or your McClans. Um, so hopefully we get to see that. Um, 
moving into changes, I think it's I think there's going to be a few changes after what we served up. I mean, obviously we finished strong, but I think there's a few blokes that need a reality check and um, you know, need a bit of a firecracker up their ass, in particularly the one I've spoken about before. But um, thoughts for thoughts for changes. I mean, I'll riddle mine off as well. But what are you thinking, mate? What 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 do you think is most logical for for us moving into Sunday's game? Well, why don't you go through your changes and then I'll, I'll say if, if I agree or if there's any other options I can think of. All right, sounds good. So I reckon so I reckon JVR's in for a debut more so because obviously well, Shaki got concussed on the weekend, so therefore um, coming in, bringing in another tool um, that could pinch hit. And I don't, just don't think Tom McDonald cut it. So, you know, it'd be amazing to see JVR um, debut on Sunday, obviously for Max Gorn. I think Michael Lippard's ready to return after his 36 disposal game, um, you know, for to probably give Judd McVie a bit of a rest. Um, you know, I think McVie only had the five, six touches. So, um, yeah, I think his time has probably come in the sign. You know, he looks like a player for the future. And, you know, look, look at Hibbert. He's 31, 32. So, you know, we, we do need the likes of, you know, McVie to sort of step up as well as what already Rivers and Bowie have done. Um I hope Tom, I hope, oh, gee, I'm hoping that Stephen May is ready to go this week. You know, two weeks of being late with draws. It's, you know, the player that does, has replaced him, he was amazing against the Bulldogs, Tomlinson, but he was fucking hopeless against Brisbane. Um, Joe Danaher at times made him look real silly. Um, yeah, I just don't think Tomo was was great. Um, I just thought any time he really had a chance for one-on-ones, I thought he was a bit average, to be fair. Um didn't really give us much much drive as opposed to against the Bulldogs. He was intercept game. He was you know hitting a lot of targets. He was providing a little run. Just didn't provide that this week. Last week, sorry. Um, my whipping boy of the week, James Harms. I reckon James Jordan is probably one to come in and replace him. I just thought James Jordan is one that you know obviously he's he's buying his time in the twos at his current second. Um, but we've seen what he can produce um, at AFL level. Um, I'm hoping he gets a gig. Um, just to, I suppose, yeah, give a reality check for Harms um, and with Harms to move to the sub and auction me out. Look, I can't argue too much against that. I like, I probably like the Hibbard inclusion, I, I, given such a strong game in the in the twos. McVeigh's been, look, he's done, he's done his role. I think he's been, he's been good without being spectacular, but you can't expect, you know, much else out of out of a young player and who's only played a couple of games. The JVR thing is going to be the big one. You think that if he comes in, I don't know if he's playing ruck. I think you are predominantly deploying Tom McDonald as, as as your second ruck and maybe working a little bit more around the ground. Maybe, like, I don't think JVR, you're putting him in the ruck, potentially you sort of want to play him predominantly up forward, maybe, and sort of see how he rolls with that. That's probably how I'd see that combination working Um depending on, you know, probably not seeing those players being on the ground at one time too much on Sunday afternoon. Uh, yeah, I mean, May for Tomo is an easy case. I mean, we see what May did to Buddy last time those two played each other. May absolutely took him to the cleaners, was easily the best on ground that game. And now, oh, Buddy's what, back, isn't he? Because he got reported for a week now. He's he back. is. That's right. Um, but also, like, you look at your... Uh, Logan McDonald kicked five goals on the weekend. Um, Amadi kicked four in in Buddy's absence as well too. So it'd be interesting to see, like you know, the Petty May combination. Given if May's clear to come back, about you know who's taking what with with that uh, with that position, and then yeah, Jordan. I think again, a clear cut in for for Harms or somebody of of that nature. Um, I, I think Harms probably. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he needs a rest, uh, whether that's as the sub or plays a game in the two, just to regain a bit of his confidence and get a bit of form back. But Jordan, again, he's a versatile player, somebody that can hit the scoreboard, somebody who can either you know float in on the wing or you know you tend centre bounces and, and can do some work, you know, doing doing the dirty deed in the in the middle as well too. So uh, yeah, I, I can't I can't really see any other potential changes from that, given anything else that that we're not aware of at this time. I reckon you could see that change happening when James Jordan does come on and you'd probably see the likes of a Lockie Hunter go inside a little bit more. I reckon they'll they'll get freed up potentially 
um, as the game rolled on. Um, mind you, I thought Lucky Hunter was pretty good on Friday night when he had the chances. I think he had 22, but went at a decent clip in terms of hitting targets. Um, yeah, it's, it's another, you know, it's a talking point of, you know, every week where we're thinking, you know, what's going to be the right mix? Um, we're not the selection crew, but, you know, we give good thoughts into how it's going to help the team win. And I think, um, you know, even, do you know what, another thing that could potentially happen, we've seen Rivers go, you know, up on the ball more. So you, you think you could see Rivers filling that harms role and then potentially McVie staying in the side with Hibbert coming in is another potential chance of happening as well. And I think even if we did run with JVR, we'd have someone that can uh, come on and impact with a bit of speed too. So McVie could be a good sub candidate as well. Any players Any players that we need to look out for? Like obviously, sort of touched on McDonald playing up forward. Um, I mean, comes to my mind, Chad Warner, like obviously somebody you got to have some sort of plan to try and, you know, squash his influence in the game. They've got a pretty strong midfield in terms of, you know, Callum Mills flows in and out of there, can hit the scoreboard. And then Luke Parker as well too, doesn't seem to age. So they've got some pretty exciting youngsters with a mix of vets as well too. Anyone else that you can think of that you kind of want to squash their influence on the game? Yeah, well, Tom Papley did a number on this last year and I think, yeah, having someone to lock him down, which perfect opportunity for him to come into the side and have that role. I think Errol Gordon's building really, really well. And I think he's a, going to be a player. And do you know what? He's already a player. He's, he's got a nice kicking left foot. He's got a nice left foot. He's he's silky. He's a player that, you know, sets up a lot of play for him. Um, Blakey as well. I think Blakey off halfback is a real, yeah. real asset to them. And even Dane Rampy. Dane Rampy's playing a bit more of an intercept role this year. You know, obviously with the McCartan boys in there, kind of allows him to do that. Um so, yeah, he's another one that's doing a lot of springboard. So, you know, they do have these intercept markers down back. And I think if, you know, if Clary continues, continues to do what he did last week, it's it's not going to be a good good ending for us. I think we just need to, yeah, lower the eyes and change those lanes, which we did, you know, in that last, you know, 15 minutes ago. Is the big horse going to deploy the robot to Clary, you reckon? The robot? Is the robot and tagger? I mean, oh, I something else. You said the robot. <laughs> Sorry, not the robot. Well, yeah, we can call him the robot. Sure. The robot, jeez. <laughs> robot. Oh, I don't know. No. I'd, it'd be interesting. Like, you know, teams have had success in it in the past. I wouldn't be surprised if it at least starts on him, and then you know, happens throughout the game. But anyway, all right. Well, as you said, I'm hoping that Petrarca comes out and just says, "Look, I've, I wouldn't say he's he's been okay. Oh, he's been good." actually, the first two weeks. But he hasn't dominated yet. Yeah, He's had his mid-20s. But we want to see him hitting the scoreboard a bit more and we want to see him, you know, real bursting out and actually hitting targets, to be honest, going forward. He's like Clary. They're just bombing forward. Um, but mind you, which is probably... This is something we, we should have actually touched on, is our ability to take a contested mark is non-evident. Um, and I want to see that. But then again, who's it going to come from? <laughs> JBR, JBR, just answered you. Well, yeah. JBR, JBR. Um, yeah, who knows? But um, yeah, we need to be able to take test a mark or at least win, as like I like to call win my footy. Sorry, our club, we call it the five meter battle. Um, as a forward, you want to keep it within the five meter radius. Um, and if we can do that and actually, yeah, get the ball to ground rather than these intercept marks, I think it'll go a long way for us winning the game. All right. Well, as you said, Sunday afternoon. Home ground at the G, 320. It's going to be very exciting. Hopefully, lots of D's fans out there. Uh, yeah, for what should be yeah, a really, really uh, testing match against a really quality, quality opponent. So, hopefully, we see lots of D's fans out there. And uh, yeah, I want 50,000. I want 50,000. You want 50? Oh, let's, it's a big let's ask. Let's get there. <laughs> let's get it. It's a big ass, but I want 50,000 there. Yeah, but also, and as you mentioned also before, uh, the round for reach so yeah an amazing organization so we'll, we'll throw the link the link in to donate uh, donations allow them to do the fantastic work that they do uh, you know i think i really loved what uh was said in that press conference about it's that kind of proactive action towards mental health and 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 it was probably quite eye-opening to sort of think about that all the funding that gets put towards such a, a major issue in in ill mental health is is all reactive and not is done a lot not not a lot is done to prevent it so i guess to to try and 
support this foundation that does a body work with young people to try and yeah really prevent these sorts of issues from arising is is, is hugely important and uh these players and, and there's such a strong tie to the melbourne football club and in jimmy steins but no a great cause and hopefully everyone can get around them and yeah we'll throw the we'll throw the link in there so anyone can vote uh vote anyone can donate to to the reach foundation for sunday's game you talk here a lot about attention to detail i know you do you in an investigation, details matter. That's as much detail as we're going to go into today. All right, Seymour, that's it. Down for another week. Interesting week of footy, interesting landscape. You've got the Roos that are two and zip. You've got St Kilda that are two and zip. It's, <laughs> it's uh, Essendon that are two and zip. You've got Geelong on the bottom of the ladder. It's uh, it's only round two, so we're not we're not going the early crow here. But Geelong aren't on the bottom of the ladder, but yeah, they're on two. What are they? But, um, not percentage-wise, yeah. no. They're definitely not as bad as... Oh, <laughs> 14th. Oh, um, no. It's good seeing Geelong 0-2, though, I must say. But, yes, another ripping round of footy, you know, upcoming. I think it starts with uh, Bulldogs and Brisbane with um, the Josh Dunkley Cup. So, that'll be good to watch <laughs> on Thursday night. But... Mate, if the Bulldogs get thumped by 10 goals again, which... They're is in trouble. Did... Is it, is They're it in there? genuine trouble. Is it at Gabba? Do you know? Nah, it's at Marvel. Oh, but so, even yeah. still, they got to sack Bevo. He's, gone. He's that, gone. Do you know what's funny? They actually re-signed Bevo last year. Yeah, I know. Um, so, <laughs> which I think we're touching on we, the, yeah, on the podcast with the other boys. The one-eyed yeah. bulldog mm. fans. But anyway. yeah, big test, big test. And uh, do you know how many how many marks has Luke Jackson taken this oh, season so far? <laughs> I'm going to be looking at this for a while. But gee, I tell you what. You probably should have stayed, to be fair. Uh, uh, early <laughs> Looking at, yeah. I mean, obviously, he's, he's only 20, 30, 22, I believe, this fine. year. So, but anyway, let's, uh, let's worry about chatting about Luke Jackson when we play for out because I can't wait. All right. Well, don't forget, you can listen to our podcast on any of your favorite podcast providers. Uh, you can send us an email at attention to detail pod at gmail.com. Find us at Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. A big thanks to our sponsors in Hophen Brewing and Valley Electrical Group. Don't forget, if you are at Hophen Brewing and you mention our name at the bar, you get 10% off your takeaway beer. So make sure you get down there. Simo's just been wrapping his lips around a Mango Tango Sour. Uh, my favourite is probably my... Uh... Beautiful drop. The hazy Ale. Hazy. Oh, hazy down bad. there. So make sure you get down there and uh, see the team. And yeah, give us a shout out and get yourself a cheap beer. So uh, love, love supporting local business and, and they're a huge support to our pod. So... Wouldn't be here without them. But, Simo, most importantly, go the days. Go the days. <laughs> <laughs>